0: Hey guys, welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast, a, a very special edition today. I'm still outside St. Mary's Church. Uh, thank you, Robert, uh, for inviting me here today because there's lots of interesting things going on today. Is the Historic Church open? Is that what this is?
1: Yeah, so it's a, it's a Historic Church um, for today and we're portraying, well, there's obviously different events on for for this, well, sorry, for today. Um there's lots of um, stained glass windows, as you can see, items going on and other crafts. It's basically a craft fair, which is going on today. But what we're doing ourselves, so we are the Corbett household, we're a new reenactment group. Yeah. Um, and then what we're doing is we're portraying sort of the Corbett's in time. So where the Corbett's originally started from is they came over uh, with William at the Battle of Hastings. And after the Battle of Hastings, um richard corbett was awarded sort of the lands of shropshire Um, so after the lands of shropshire he he was awarded them he built a castle in westbury called cause castle unfortunately it's just a ruin now at the moment Mm -hmm. yeah so cause castle was in westbury and what happened was um they obviously established the lands around shropshire and helped defend against the welsh invaders that were coming in Um, now i'm actually portraying today simon corbett of Pontsbury, and Simon Corbett was around in 1115 and he actually was born at Coorse Castle in Westbury but he came to the churches in Shrewsbury to offer donations and at St Mary's church there's actually a stained glass window that was donated by the Corbett household in about 12th century so we're around about roughly that time of when it when it came about um, the Corbetts have been going now we're we've been doing reenactment the most of us for the last sort of 15-20 sort of years, I personally 20 years, however when I set up the Corbett household I was asked to do a show at the local village in Hamwood, and then what happened was I started to look into the history, found that they were owned by the Corbett household um, and then obviously was doing a bit of digging and that's when I found that they were in Westbury unknowns to me Matthew who was the other leader of the group he was doing research on the Corbett's but coming back from the Battle of Bosworth and the Battle of Tewkesbury so we've met into the middle and then we've created like the Corbett's in time and now this is officially our second show but we've got many more planned over the next sort of next sort of well year hopefully. yeah Matthew
0: got in touch with me he was like oh could have been the other way around I think we've been talking for <laughs> probably a while actually yeah like, because um I would love to to sort of Document what you guys are doing because I think it's really important, right? Yeah, heritage and stuff, you know. Definitely. And also with the USUK stuff, I have a network called US USUK USUK. Um, the Americans love our history and our yeah. heritage, so I'd love to. If you're doing a show or a reenactment or something like that, I would love to bring one of my my fellow USUP members up. Yeah, definitely. Um, our
1: to. next show is actually going to be at Whittington Castle. So the Whittington Castle was owned by the Fitzwarrens, which was a, a Norman group, uh, well a Norman household, should we say? But we've actually found manuscripts where the Corbits and the Fitzwarrens came together, a couple of marriages couple of disputes, so you can imagine. imagine a game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so well, that's where sort of the ideas, if you like, yeah, come yeah, from. Course, yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we've got actual historical manuscripts of a Corbett wed into a Fitzhor- Fitzwarren. Um, uh, household family member, but I believe there was some sort of feud with taxes and things, so hopefully in the next sort of if, if things pick up in the next few months we 're going to be doing a show there at wittton castle, uh, and we 're going to hopefully betray that bit of sort of mistrust and a bit of a a bit of a fight, should we say, and a bit of a tournament. but we are hoping as well to go to the Battle of Tewkesbury, which is on this year. Um, And again, we're hoping to fly the Corbett banners because there was, uh, after the Battle of Tewkesbury, there was, I believe his name was, could have been Richard Corbett, was knighted after the battle. Um, But it's quite confusing when you look in the time because one minute you seem to think the Corbett's were on the one side and then they're on the other side. But again, there was a lot of different family Corbett members all around. Um, and,
0: and the, the name Corbett is really important to Shrewsbury obviously because they, they must have if they've donated glass yes yeah, so they
1: say it, they're, they're popping up everywhere as you can see we've got the Corbett Arms Pub in Uffington, and <laughs> um, we've got the Corbett School um, and also when you look at um, many sorts of history you'll find that the Corbett Crow is affiliated with many sort of different sort of aspects around Shrewsbury and not only Shrewsbury but Shropshire as well um, so yeah they're, they're very they, they played such a big part of Shropshire and I think and that's why we're doing it to try and recapture it all to bring it all back back to life if you like
0: it's all fantastic I love this I'd like okay we, I, what I need to explain is this is a, an audio podcast yeah. Let's talk about your attire right now let's talk about yeah. what you have chosen to wear today so so
1: because I'm portraying um sir Simon Corbett of oh, I like get a picture while you explain yeah no that's fine um, I'm in very brighter colors because I'm portraying the 11th century so I say it's 12th century this it's 1115.
0: Can I get a picture of you with the helmet? Yeah. <laughs> look how
1: amazing you look. So, Sorry. We're going to be fighting him in a minute so. Yeah? <laughs> yes we're going to put on a little little bit of a display. Um, so you're wearing bright colors? Yeah so the bright colors back then the brighter the color showed how more richer you, you were. Okay. Right. Normally I would be in a in a longer chainmail so well mail, should I say so it would come down to my wrists and it would come down to about my knees but because of the heat and I'm traveling on horse today keeping light, but I'm still a bit armored to protect me but I'm also I've got that bit of extra speed as you can see the guy who's just walked past he's quite heavy so I'm gonna let him swing at me a few times get him tired and then I'll go in and finish him off ah, okay, so,
0: so you're at the featherweight he's the heavyweight yeah yeah so
1: normally the other way around to be fair but I saw the weather today so <laughs> I'll walk sensible. over and speak to him yeah you reckon he could speak to us yeah, I like. think we can speak
0: can he can he speak for that can helmet Can speak yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh let's talk for, talk through about your attire today what you're wearing today
2: So uh, today I am in my full mail of the 13th century so. I am covered more or less uh, head to toe in male uh, I'm not wearing my male shows today because it was supposed to be boiling hot <laughs> um, but no it would be full male shows which are legs within with full feet going up to here then overlapping with this male all the way up uh, covers my entire head down the arm full fingered gloves and then Uh, Underneath my male coif, which is the part of the mail that protects the head, I have got a tightly fitted, essentially steel bowl, and then the coif and then this on top so that if I start getting too hot and sweaty, I can take this off and then I've still got the coif and the what's called the secret helm underneath for full head protection so I hopefully don't die because I'm a very important person.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you can see as well he's got his short which is a heater shield The reason why he's got a heater shield, because normally he would have armour on his legs, which is what he was on about before, to protect him. So So that's easy
0: to bring up and to protect you. And
1: and you'll notice throughout the years as well, that the male is so because it was mainly defending against sharper objects okay. so as you get later on to the 14th 15th century it's all plate armor so the, w- the weapons and m- they were sharp but they also had blunt edges on because it was more a case of smashing into your mm. into your opponent to knock them down compared to you know cutting them yeah. but, you know there were antibiotics back then so a little scratch and he's in trouble as well <laughs> which is probably more fatal than a than a, yeah
0: yeah um, yeah you've um, got to um, think about things like this yeah um, now to break the fourth wall a little bit um, how do you feel wearing this armor In in real life,
2: Um, it's not too bad. Not too bad. So, this male I have tailored so that it more or less fits my body perfectly. There's as little dangling as you want. (laughs) Um.
1: The best thing to do is you have a belt across your waist. Um, The the belt across the waist is a bit like a backpack, so it just takes that strain a bit off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But again, as you can see, his is longer than mine. So it comes down, normally comes down to, to sort and of thigh. above your knee almost, and that that's a real drag on your pulling your day. I imagine. I imagine. Um, know,
2: it's not too bad because all of the weight is distributed all over your body. So yeah. instead of like carrying it all in one hand, it's spread out so all of your muscles can work to carry it instead of just say your arm muscle or your back muscle. So it, it's not too bad. It's I, I can have full range of movement, can move at near enough full speed compared to what i would be without it um but it's well, main sorry
0: when you, talking about the choreography and what you guys do when you're doing a show um how many times do you get blow to the head or do you just avoid that because obviously that's a very nice looking helmet you don't want to ruin that no no
1: um so there are different ways of, of fighting if we like or reenacting the battles we're trying to be a bit more different because the corbett household for the earlier period we're trying to make our displays a bit more showy because we want to make it for the public now obviously they wouldn't necessarily fight like that, but we're trying to make it. We want to say like a bit more Hollywoody, if you like, just yeah, to give yeah. that show of appearance. Because, give them a show, boys! Yeah, because normally you know you've just got the swords in front of each other, and there's not much movement. However, we wanted to show what we can do because other reenactments out there, we are actually you are aiming for parts of the body, and if you get hit in that part of the body, then you take it as a hit. Yeah, and and depending on how much armor that you have depends on the amount of hits that you would have so that that would decide like the win or lose of a particular battle if it wasn't scripted um, but obviously there are different methods so you can have a cogrified fight like we tend to do or a bit of a mix-up one so it's a bit if you think of professional wrestling they sort of whisper in the ear what they're going to be doing next we're sort of going for that sort of abrupt (laughs) Yeah. yeah so we have like a point like a a point system so i'll i'll try and slowly say two so he knows two big attacks are coming in so he knows he's got to defend two and then he might respond with like three or four so then i know four are coming in and again it's 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 making it for the for the public, not for the reenactor, which is the most important part of it. Absolutely. Really. Yeah, so. Is there
0: much work that has to go into the language that you use? Because obviously there's people standing around, yeah. um, insults that we'll possibly use back then, things <laughs> like a bit of banter between Can you guys. Be.
1: I normally get them thrown my way so I just take them, but yeah, wow. <laughs> he's quite good at the insults, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: it's, it's sometimes difficult because they were speaking a version of French back then, the, the Norman French, that's what the aristocracy speaking, and the commoners were speaking essentially Saxon English still. So it's quite difficult to well you can't exactly go around speaking full Norman French all day (laughs) unless you're you know. But
1: um And they did say that the the language it's not French as they knew French today. I mean obviously it is similarities, but you imagine like the Saxon and the French language sort of blended into one and the French, you know, they migrated over here so they were getting wives and people over here said so that they were speaking more of the, the language and then that's how it sort of evolved from there oh so fascinating so, so fascinating. yeah so um,
0: so you guys have been doing this for a while um have you guys learned how to how each other sort of moves and the timings because i mean i i work at the prison as a as a scare actor and i've been working with those guys for a couple of years we know each other inside and out yeah it's all improv we know how to react to the way someone's talk we know you know we can just do that is that how it is for you guys
1: it is yeah especially when you're in the same group because like me and tom have been training together for quite a little bit now so we sort of know each other's movements and you're you're exactly right in what you say when we meet up with other groups we're a bit more cautious obviously (laughs) the blows are a bit lighter but again if we if we're doing a point if we're doing a system where you take your blows and yes so obviously we'll have a meeting at the beginning there's never any strikes to the head it's always fleshy bits so belly and arms Mm. Um, and again you've got to pull back your blows as well as as well as you can Um, but yeah, obviously accidents do happen, um, but you know, not so much recently, touch wood. No, we're, we're, we're pretty accident free at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's suddenly. been so many days since an accident. <laughs> yeah. And
0: these swords, they're not like uh, Jon Snow floppy swords from Game oh, of Thrones? No. no, 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 no.
1: Yeah. So these are swords as they were made back then, however they are blunt, yeah, okay. or back then they would have been known as a sparring sword. This is my favorite type of sword where it's from a company in Scotland called um, Armour Class. And again, all made by hand. And you can really tell a good quality sword to pair to somebody who may not have one because I have four other people with this sword and I've broken their swords. <laughs> um, so I do feel really guilty. So, um, but it's one of those things where they are more expensive. However, it's gonna last you a lifetime compared to if you buy something cheaper it might last you a couple of shows. Couple of How much shows. are we talking for a sword like that then? I mean. um, they're about, they can be anything from 150 to £250 if they're custom oh, made. Okay. This guy's got one from another sword company, it's Heron Armoury, is this one yeah. Heron? So,
3: so yeah.
2: this one is um, a bit lighter, it's got quite a bit of flex in the blade, which is something you want because it stops it from breaking. Um, so yeah nice and quick this was
1: around the 250 mark yeah they're more more expensive they tend to be at heron army but I prefer armor class because you sort you sort of your sword becomes part of you and um, I've had so many battles of this I even did my Knights test in this Um, so a Knights test was ten minutes non stop fighting and I had to show that I could fight constantly for ten minutes safely um, in order to pass my Knights test Um, and that would be, there would be a line of guys or or ladies and they would attack me one-on-one and as soon as I hit them, they would step out and the next person would step in and it would be a constant for 10 minutes to show that I can put hits in safely whilst also being, well, Let's say not passed out. <laughs> Stood up as <laughs> you can imagine in full armor as well in the sun.
0: Because I imagine eventually you guys gonna to have to pass on the torch, right? It's really important to keep this going. This yeah, heritage, that, our history, right?
1: Definitely, that's that's the most important part of this. Um, but again, as we said at the beginning, it's all about bringing the Corbett name back in because they were such an important part of Shropshire and Shrewsbury, and we want to capture that and bring that back to make people more aware. Um, of what they did Did
0: they, did they have do you know did they have rival family families if they saw it in the streets it'd be like a bit like an Assassin's Creed Assassin and then start chasing you for the streets like. yeah. I mean, well,
2: Yeah sort of um, there's a something that happened in the late part of the 13th century where the Corbett's and the Fitzwarren's who were the family that owned Whittington Castle at the time had a big falling out because um, uh, I think the Fitzwarren's claimed a village that belonged to the Corbets as their own and so they had a had a yeah, bit typical, of a typical typical disputes yeah. around it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just sort of things like that. Yeah, most of the fighting during the um, medieval period wasn't between nations; it was between families and clans, lords, neighbouring lords, oh, okay. families. Um, so, which
1: I mean, there's yeah. even stories about a particular church later, so sort of 16th, 15th century, where. Uh, another lord was sat in a Corbett's uh, chair and then it was one of the recorded uh, where they actually drew swords in the church because wow. they were sat in their chair. Uh, so yeah, so it, it goes quite deep. There's a bit of rivalry going on, isn't it? <laughs> <So, laughs> which, you know, it all adds to the history and, and our displays that we can put on as well.
0: It makes sense though, because I mean, I did a tour of this church with, with Robert and he was t- telling me about different parts of the church that are separated for different I don't know, uh, different congregations, different parts of town, different families, I imagine, you know, from a different uh, place and that to me is just kind of like wow so you split a church into like three or four places because you can't sit with other people yeah crazy right yeah. Adult,
3: weren't they? <laughs> yeah very adult
0: yeah Um well you guys are amazing i, I imagine you've got lots of pictures lots of things that you're going to be doing in a bit what time is the, the the show that you're doing today here
1: so the show's all day we were sort of advertising just ourselves really and obviously sorting and supporting the church as yeah. well as you can see we're here from uh well 12th century up to 14th 15th century so we're sort of displaying the Corbett's in time if you like from Mm -hmm. now um but me and tom and my daughter and tom's uh, other half we're we're portraying the earliest the earliest setting um so yeah um but we're going to put on a little display in a moment of uh and it's more it's like a display and a bit of training of what we do
0: okay that's really cool um and where can people find you if they want to get involved if they want to come and do what you do or if they want to support your cause more, you know it's all about heritage at the end of the day in our yeah. history um, so how do they find we you?
1: are on facebook it's just the corbett household um again if you search for that you'll find us on facebook and then you'll see our photos on there uh, more photos to come hopefully well there will be uh, and we'll have a uh, a display of the more shows that we're going to do because hopefully we're going to be at whittington castle in a Couple of months, depending on the situation that we're in, um, but it's looking very, very likely that we're going to be there in hopefully September. Is it August? September, no, September October. Set- yeah, September, October, and again, which is the Fitzwarren, so we we'll put on a bit of display and have a bit of rivalry, maybe a tournament going on.
0: What I would like to do is this is very enough I don't usually. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cross platforms here with the, the shoes of oh, okay. us getting new suck the two shows that I do. So I have this transatlantic show with my friends in America. And they would love, they would lap this up. They would love it. So what I might do is get a couple of pictures of you guys. Yeah. And maybe invite you to join us on Streamyard or something. You can, don't have to dress like this. You can just <laughs> dress in your civvies and we can bring up the pictures, and you can talk about what you do. Because I think the American, my American yeah. listeners, would love this. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, what it's all about. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Would love okay, to do that. Okay,
0: brilliant. Well, I've got my diary with me. We can sort something out while I'm here. Because really? me and Matt were, we're, we're chatting uh, on our Facebook, and we were getting, we're going back, and you know it's like trying yeah. to organise, schedule things. <laughs> it was just a nightmare. So I thought definitely going to come up with a microphone today, and then we can sort things. That, but you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for doing no, what you do. Thank you
1: for having us. Yeah, thanks very much.
0: Brilliant. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Hey guys, I am back again outside St Mary's on this beautiful sunny day, and today is historic. The historic church open, and I'm speaking to Suzanne. Um, thank you, Suzanne, for, for speaking to me. Um, no so What's going on here today? What is this? What have yeah,
4: it's a really exciting day today. So first of all, the sun's out, which is amazing. and we've thank got you, lots thank of, you, thank you, thank <laughs> you. Lots of people in the church. We've got um, beautiful um, stained glass um, windows within, within the church. One of the most amazing collections in mm. the world and um, we are actually need to spend about £200,000 on the stained glass yes. and um, to do that we need to consult with people on what, what people want to do um, as well as just um, spending money on the glass, we want to encourage people to come in into the church, it's a, an amazing hub for activities and events Yes. so what we want is people to come in and um, um, give their views on the types of things that they would like to see us um, to, to do here at the the church, Um, how they like to learn about heritage and events, whether they like audio tours or um, like to really get involved. We're looking at doing craft skills activities, all sorts of things, a real mixture of stuff. We're looking at going to the National Lottery Heritage Fund and they like to see consultations. So we've got, today we've got a stall here so people can put stickers on things. We've also got a postcard survey with a link to a survey monkey and it's all running till the 5th of July.
0: It's all amazing. I mean, I know how important this place is to Shrewsby. I recorded the open studio, uh, the Shrewsbury's open, sorry. <laughs> the Shrewsbury's open tour, which is still available, by the way, tour of this church with Robert. And it's. I learned so much about how important historically this building is and the fact that you guys are trying to help your cause by um, escalating your, your status as a, a community hub. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you bring amazing things like this today is just fantastic
4: yeah thank you I mean it's um it is an, an absolutely stunning church it's as I say it's no longer used for regular worship but we want to encourage people to come in and use it for activities events so it has a sustainable future um, essentially every door that every door of a church that's open means that people are coming through you know not traditionally used as a churches of uh, places of worship now but um, people can get so much out of it the heritage in this building people can learn so much about the connection with this church in the Shrewsbury and this surrounding mm. area and yeah it's stunning I mean within Shrewsbury itself we've got some amazing heritage buildings and one of our ideas is that we link those together with heritage tours and all sorts so yeah do come in and have a, have a look
0: I mean the, the damage that was done to this the, the window on the side there yeah. that was broken uh, that was heartbreaking to see that there was a lot of disdain lot, lots of anger about that on social media of course Um, That's put you back quite a bit. Um, But Robert was telling me there needs to be repairs across the the board, isn't there, really? So you're looking for 250000 did you say?
4: Yeah, roughly, very roughly at the moment. We're just getting some costs on the stained glass, but we already have £90,000 raised. We've had some amazing, generous donations from people. Um, yes, some of the work will include um, um, addressing the vandalised windows. Unfortunately, heritage crime is an absolute scourge of, <laughs> of society. There's so much damage done to churches through heritage crime. People stealing lead and damaging windows. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, um, it's it's, some, it's a small part element of what we want to do. But
0: As a guy who's not religious, I'm not religious myself, but yeah. I I understand these buildings of of huge historical significance. You know, and they're also like. Uh, fiona uh, the church on high street I, um, i'm good friends of her um and this place the cathedral they've got places just just get off the streets for a bit a little bit calm you can just yeah. if the door is open take just take a pew literally take a pew you know?
4: literally take a pew and just you can literally breathe in the history it's a, it's almost when you i don't know about anybody else but if you go into a church you just feel this sense of peace and calm and after everything with COVID, particularly i think our churches can be re- really used as a place of well being and any sort of heritage place just to go in and just feel, you know, if it hit in Shrewsbury, quite busy with the traffic, just to come in here and just close your eyes or open them and just see amazing, amazing things. You don't have to be religious to come into our churches, that's the whole point, is that um, there's so much history. This church is one of many heritage buildings within Shrewsbury and it gives, um, it's it, it intrinsically tells you the story of. Shrewsbury and how it's evolved over the years and
0: absolutely and you literally see it in the brickwork <laughs> literally see it in the brickwork yeah, it's, isn't that? it's this place is, a, is a, if you've never been to St Mary's first of all shame on you it's amazing <laughs> uh, it, it looks amazing from the inside and you know like I said I mean I've worked at the Unitarian Church before doing the the Darwin festival places like this and the Unitarian Church they look like a door or in St Mary's case a huge huge tower <laughs> um, you're walking through that door and it seems like you're in a completely different universe, yeah, doesn't absolutely. it? You know, you, you, the, the street doesn't exist anymore. The sound doesn't penetrate somehow. You know, it's just really nice. Yeah, we've uh, had a
4: couple of people in today. Well, a few people I've spoken to. It's the first time they've come in the door, and it's literally a wow factor as you come in because you see the Jesse window at the end, which is one of the most famous win- windows in the world from stained glass, and yeah, it's escape from 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 everything really just to just to come in and and um, you know just see the beautiful monuments stained glass just just um, breathe in the heritage and suck it all up.
0: <laughs> now, events like this are, are really great and um, there's lots of stalls inside there but is there is there an outcry for people to come and get involved with events like this? Do you need people to bring stalls or uh, like you got the guys here from the, uh, the Corbett um, house yes um absolutely. here today like is, is there any There's need it's absolute
4: stuff? call for people to first of all to volunteer to come and and, and support our events but yeah. also if you want to hold an event at the church please let us know we're always looking for people to hire the church to hold events to, to draw people in we're looking for all sorts of things we've had a chocolate festival before we've yes. had a steampunk music festival got the glass festival as many to, you know many ways the beer, for people festival, to come, the beer festival, festival. No. and many ways for people to people to come in. We're definitely looking for people to do that and definitely looking for support um, if you've got two hours a week to come in and help um, and um, yeah be fantastic.
0: Well you guys are great and I love that um, you know Shrewsbury's got such a a great hub of of community Uh, you know this and there's a couple of others through town as well of places that just I always say there's something in the water in the seven, right? <laughs> there's always there's got to be something in the seven because there is an, an immense sense of community here, and I wish you luck with everything. And Thank uh, if you. Uh, if my listeners listening right now uh, would like to help out, and um, where can people find you, uh, get in contact with you?
4: Well, we've got our website, visitchurches.org.uk, and that's got um, if you just search church for Shrewsbury on there, it will bring up St Mary's Church on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Brilliant, fantastic. You've been amazing. I'm going to take a wander around in a sec. I want to get a few pictures of these guys fighting swords in a minute. Go so. to the cafe
4: and have some cake. Uh, yes. Oh, I can't.
0: I'm on keto. I'm not yeah. allowed to sugar. Sure <laughs> well, you've been amazing to speak to. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, okay, so I am talking to. Introduce yourselves, please, sir. Uh, <laughs> hi, <laughs> I just realised I didn't get your name. I was want to do an interview. I didn't know your name.
5: Uh, Tom uh, from Coventry Militia okay so you're here today talk
0: about uh, you guys attire today because this is what I've been doing talk about uh, I feel like the, the red carpet of the Oscars or
5: something talk <laughs> me through your outfit anyway. uh, well I am currently uh, not dressed particularly I'm sort of halfway to getting armoured up whereas uh, Rich on the other hand is 90% of a way to getting armoured up so he's wearing his nice shiny legs very beautiful some nice plates Uh, and on the top he's got something called a brigandine which is sort of like a jacket uh, with metal plates inside and a nice little salle helmet on the top.
0: Okay so this is, would you have like the metal arm plates as well when you eventually when you give?
5: Yeah so on a slightly cooler day where we've uh, had a bit more time to set up properly we'll have the full shoulders and arm plates all the way down so he'll be completely covered. He'll also have a nice bever to stop people cutting his throat. Now
0: it's a, it's, a, it's a movie cliche, isn't it? The guy in sh- sh- you know in, in the armor, it's moving like a robot. Um, you know, is it how heavy is that stuff to wear? Uh,
5: so our kit is somewhere between six and eight stone as an average, uh, wow. when you include the weapons into that. It's very well distributed, so we can move around a lot, which you can go too far the other way uh, and say that armor is almost no impediment at all. Whereas after about an hour, I feel very <laughs> impeded. <laughs> Uh, you'll struggle to get your arms too high above your head. You can get high enough to defend yourself, but you're not going to be uh, as mobile as you would be without the armour.
0: So it was, like, it was both a brilliant thing and a bit of a hindrance too. <laughs> this thing.
5: You definitely need a nice support crew with you. You can't get yourself dressed. And a lot of things become quite difficult when you're wearing armour. So eating and drinking can be a bit difficult. Obviously, if you choke, they're going to really struggle to do the Heimlich manoeuvre. So you want to be quite careful when you do that. Mm. Climbing stairs is great fun. <laughs> you won't fit too. through narrow doorways. <laughs> like
0: the, the, the stairs in like buildings like this, which were of the era, I guess, the, the tight spirally staircases. Impossible?
5: Yeah. Uh, they're just about possible. I've done it a few times in some castles, trying to climb up them in armour. It's a little difficult. The biggest problem is being able to see down. Because when you're wearing your helmet and bever, you can't really see your own feet.
0: Okay, so you, hit, you feel something uh, moving around your feet. Uh, you are kind of like, oh, okay, I don't know what that is, but okay. Um, so you guys have been invited over by, uh, by the guys from the Corbett um, Corbett car, the Cor- House Household. Sorry, my bad. I'm just learning about this guys. Okay, I'm very honest with my podcast. I'll leave that in. Um, you've been invited today uh, to come over because you're going to be taking part in the the Shrewsbury battle reenactment, right?
5: Yeah. So hopefully we'll be taking part in the main reenactment towards the end of July. Uh, hopefully you should be able to do living history, hopefully a bit of fighting depending on how all this Covid goes. So we're looking forward to having a bit more of a large-scale event.
0: How much of, the, of your life does this, this, this take up then? Is this like a huge part of your life, the history thing, or is it just, it's uh, just there and you can just pick it up and put it down again?
5: Uh, financially, it's a very big part of my life. Uh, <laughs> Time-wise, it can take an awful lot of time, especially if you're trying to keep all the armour and stuff going. I say I probably put in about three or four hours of trying to fix things per <laughs> hour I spend fighting, but that's mainly because I'm not very good at fixing things or fighting, so everything tends to break quite quickly.
0: And I imagine, like, uh, you know, armour like this isn't cheap.
5: No, so you can buy armour at a more reasonable price secondhand, but if you want this sort of highly fitted stuff that's been made for you, that is quite a big expense.
0: So we're talking a couple of grand, a few hundred. That's 1000 just the legs, yeah just and, the legs and the feet, and the feet are a thousand pounds. wow, it's a very expensive hobby, but it's a yeah. very important one as well, isn't it because you want to hist- you want you want to display uh things accurately historically and also re- you know spark someone's imagination and to go in and learn about these sort of things
5: oh yeah so uh, in my regular job, I'm a history teacher in a school, and I think you can really tell a lot of students really struggle to engage with history in a school setting it's very academic and very boring as my own students would definitely tell you so to be able to show people something a bit more a bit more real that they can feel experience and actually get to Sort of grips with physically is a really good thing for a lot of people, especially students who struggle with reading and things like that. Yeah,
0: the visual aspect is very important, isn't it? Um, I read, I think I read something somewhere, or saw something last year, that there's a lot of kids today that don't understand what World War Two is or the main aspects of World War Two, and I was horrified by that. I was like, "What's going on at the moment? How can we, how can we solve this problem?" of kids not understanding history. Yes,
5: I can definitely confirm that that is true. Oh, wow. I, uh, <laughs> before I teach World War II, I have to get out a map and explain where Germany is to a lot of my kids. So it is... Uh, a lot of children, they're very skilled with a lot of things, but history seems to be one of those things where, in the modern world, children are losing out on that a lot. It's hard, uh, to, it's
0: hard to believe it and understand it when it's in a book, whereas uh, if you see it in front of you, happening in front of your eyes, you're kind of like, oh, OK, I can see that, yeah. Yeah,
5: yeah so I think I've been able to take my kit into school a few times, and I think they can learn especially for children who struggle with the, the books and visualising things. They could learn a lot more in an hour of doing than they could in five, six hours of mm. classroom learning. So it is a good way of bringing children into history who wouldn't necessarily take an interest otherwise.
0: Um, now, I did, I did an amazing tour here um, that we released for the Shrewsbury's Open um, tours around Shrewsbury. Uh, of St Mary's, uh, and, you know, going around, looking at different parts of the building and him explaining to me what this part was, this what You can kind of see it, you can visualize it, you know, going out and taking kids to see these amazing historical buildings is, is hugely important, I reckon.
5: Oh yeah, so it's always nice. Uh, one of the biggest things we've missed this year is taking the kids out on trips with yes. COVID. And I think it's been a real sad thing for the especially the year sevens, to miss out on the chance to go and see a castle, to go and do this, because I think oh, I teach in Wolverhampton inner city. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them don't get these sorts of experiences anymore. And they don't really understand yeah. how relevant this history is to them mm. and what they can go out and see for very little money as well. So it's nice for them to get the chance to yeah, see I what think they
0: can maybe do. I've done four of these tours now. I think maybe I should go around all the history hotspots in Shrewsbury, do more of them, just trying, just trying to encourage kids to go out and listen and look. Because if you can take yourself around with Spotify or whatever it's on and just learn about where you are, that'd be quite cool, Yeah, yeah so. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for talking to me. I know you guys got a lot, to, got a lot on today, and you're just kitting up now. Now, how long will it take you to get fully armored up?
5: Around uh, about three quarters of an hour usually. Wow. So uh, my wife will be doing all the work. I'll just be sitting there complaining. <laughs> too tight, too tight, too tight. Not tight enough. Not too, can't win, can I? <laughs>
0: Thank you very much for chatting to me, guys, and I hope you have a great day. That's
5: alright. No trouble. Thank
0: you. Okay, so I'm back uh, to do my last segment of this. Uh, I'm in a face mask. First time I've recorded in a face mask easy, right? Uh, so, can you introduce yourself, who you are?
3: So, uh, my name is uh, Nathalie uh, Hildegard-Diesch and um, I've got a studio, a studio by the English Bridge uh, named uh, Colour Live yeah, of and um, part of this glass festival uh, we decided that I would present some of my work in the cafe, uh, in the river cafe, which is just a uh, newly opened in, in St. Mary's. I could see which your has artwork. Um, here, yeah. yeah.
0: So take us through these artworks then. What, what, is, what is it that you've displayed So The, here? the
3: artworks are based on uh, vegetables which I grow in uh, my allotment. Okay. And each time I have uh, brought uh, my crops back home, I took photos of it and then I decided to create a catalogue and proposal of designs. Amazing. So people may see a little bit permanently here for a month yeah. And then inside the church we, where we could go because it 's a bit uh, less yes yes let 's go there. Let's yeah we can, we
0: can walk and talk and give you a bit of slack on the wire that i 've got yeah but yeah so we were just inside the cafe there yes um inside st mary's and the artwork is dotted around and that's for sale or is it just a that's
3: for air? sale or that's for um, people to contact me if they wish to uh, were interested to create a stained glass artwork in their home based on vegetables yeah. for the kitchen doors or for the and
0: that's the the interesting thing about stained glass isn't it because the stained glass in st mary's is amazing but you can take tiny little aspects of that and they're just amazing, aren't they? So, you know, a small square of what you're actually looking at is just so detailed and fine. Um.
3: Yes, they are detailed, and they are also, um, there is a structure by the lead lines which gives a, a dynamic as well a reason to the reading. Yeah. And then the, the color schemes obviously uh, would be. Uh, to do with the story that we are telling in the window. Yeah. Um, and the choice of paintings as well, to do with the period when it was created.
0: Mm. Yeah. Press and the we, wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <That's
0: a laughs> have we missed a bit? <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> You've lost Literally, a <laughs> as I, as I, I pressed it, I was like, no, no, no. Um, so where does this start for you? This is your specialty. this is what you enjoy, it right? It is my job really, yes. t-
3: um, my work, yes. Yeah, so um,
0: so what, what drew you towards stained glass windows and, and the, the, you know, the, the amazing structure behind them?
3: As, um, well, I think um, before stained glass windows, windows basically, mm-hmm. I've been somebody very contemplative looking through windows <laughs> <laughs> and looking at the daylight, how it was changing, and the shadows and the reflection on walls and all these things. Yeah. So that's m- my starting point, really. Uh, in some ways, that passion for observing that.
0: A window is like a is like a moving photo frame, isn't it? But it's
3: for me, a window is like a, a painting in itself. really yeah. It frames a view. Yeah. And then that view is a bit more active because obviously it's not painted, so you see it transforming every day. Would it be ar- uh, trees, whatever it is behind your window? And when I first went to. Um, the Sainte Chapelle in Paris, which is uh, a medieval uh, building, beautiful uh, architecture, very special. Uh, the whole structure basically is very fine uh, elevations of stone, with the glass creating nearly the walls of the, of the space. So uh, when I first saw that, I was totally mind uh, blown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. <laughs> And when you think of the period when it was created as well, medieval period, um, technically it was an enormous challenge, but also visually it was such a beautiful creation. Mm. So, um, and that started me... um, I was more and more curious about stained glass. <laughs> so did you start and making? And I, I did fine arts first. The fine arts as well. so I did fine that helps, arts. <laughs> I guess. Yes, maybe. yes. Um, it does have to be creative. <laughs> so do you make
0: your own stained glass then, or do you draw stained glass? Um, or do a bit of both, maybe.
3: Um, well, I do create the designs. So oh, okay. I create uh, the designs, not only from um, something I may offer to the people to choose from this catalog, like. I was talking about the Mm, artichoke catalog, which is something I have created uh, of my own inspiration. But most of the time I have uh, commissions from people who come to me and ask me, I'd like to have this theme in that window. So not long ago, I did have uh, a commission for poppies. Poppies, I say, not yeah, puppies, because <laughs> <laughs> a few times when I said poppies. My I wife's know. got a
0: beautiful South American accent and uh, <laughs> she, she has the same problem, don't it's beautiful, beautiful. So poppies, right, okay.
3: Yeah, so that's just been completed and this one was uh, without painting, so more like what we call uh, usually a leaded light. We'll take a picture of that while we're talking about it. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So you made this and then somebody went and turned it into a window or just just for the art? No,
3: I created the design and then uh, I created the window so I cut the glass, I do everything.
0: How painstaking is that?
3: The thing is, uh, as a stained glass uh, studio, um, really the best is to be a team of people working together because every stage of the work takes a different time, time oops type of activity (laughs) which requires um, your studio would take over the whole studio in some ways like when i design it's really the design uh, focus uh, it's just design design when i paint on the glass it's just painting painting yeah and when i do the leading that takes over the whole space really i imagine imagine. um so ideally is to work uh, as a team but as a an artist, I suppose <laughs> <You're a laughs> nothing fine is artist. perfect for <laughs> building things quickly <laughs> um, when it comes to business um, so i'm I'm at the stage when I'm thinking that I might you know later start working with with somebody else yeah. Yeah. Um, who would be more like a technical person like doing the ledging doing but at the moment I've got the skills for doing every stage so that's,
0: that's amazing amazing um and yeah. where can people find your work if people want to take a good look have you got a website or have you got social media or
3: Yeah. So, so the name of my studio is cooler live so that's my web address really dot um, www.cooler like in french c-o-u-l-e-u-r mm-hmm. and then um, live uh, like in english all in one word okay dot com Okay. It's very simple. You go, on, on the website, you see a lot of details about my work.
0: What I would like to do, so you're local. Um, I would, I would love to organise a proper podcast with you. It's so a good hour or so yes, just to talk about. because yes. I feel like, I feel like we caught, we've covered, okay. we've like one point two percent of you. Uh, <laughs> and I feel like there's more to you that we definitely need to discuss. So yes. Um, I will definitely, if I can get a business card off you, I will definitely be in touch and we will definitely organize a proper interview because I think you're fantastic. And the the art you do is just so striking and so beautiful. I feel like we need to discuss it a bit more.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Um, I've got a project at the moment which will take over my studio, which is for a couple who have been managing the protection of the Precise Nature Reserve. Okay. So it's based on uh, protecting the silver-studded blue uh, butterfly but also the wildlife there and basically I had to think of all the wildlife, the landscape, the space so that would be an interesting discussion to for you to see uh, what absolutely
0: we'll like. definitely dive into that a little bit more thank you so much for talking to me well uh, you're very welcome and this you. is this is the end end of this show today i've just spoken to so many amazing people i want to say thank you to everybody that's spoken to me today um and please um get involved with things like this uh, saint mary's um mm. is such a great community hub and they need your help to get all their their repairs done because it's um, a, a, a building of such historical significance and striking beauty that uh you know i encourage you guys to get involved um so yeah this has been the shoes of biscuit and i will catch you guys next time peace out